Sometimes you got to have those. Sometimes you got to have the clunky episodes. That is for sure. This is going to take a lot of editing. For this One, two, three, four. Word up, CalverCast listeners. I always feel like I should have some sort of like city gangster talk to welcome people to the podcast whenever I hear this tune. So that was it. Word up. I don't Word even know up. what that means. Whereas Dick Carmen, remember old Car- the oh, singer Carmen? Oh, I do remember Word Carmen. up, it's fresh. Jesus is risen from the dead. It <laughs> was his rap. That's one of the greatest musical lines ever written. How come we're still not singing that today? We talk about enduring and current. How's that not enduring? I know. We it, should be singing that. Let's open it this Sunday. We should. Word up. I, can you sing it for me, though, like you would? Um, word up. It's fresh. <laughs> something. I think that's how it goes. And then, But I think it said something like, uh, Jesus is risen from the dead or whatever. Okay, hold on a second. Word up. It's fresh. I'm Googling this here. You remember what Carmen I did. Yeah, yeah. The resurrection rap is what it's called. Okay, the resurrection rap. <laughs> Yo, listen up. This is Major C, and it's time for a resurrection rap. So you can be well alert and tune in touch and know that Christ is the Son of God. Oh man, alright. I don't even know what he's saying. That you could go back and edit, and you could put that as oh, the I'm intro going. song. I could. I don't think I will. <laughs> okay, okay. That was you funny. wanted a little context in it before you play yeah, it. Yeah, people would be like, what is this? What yeah. is going on here? I remember that album. I saw him in concert. Did you? Packed out at the Metro Center in Rockford, Illinois. Wow. And uh, it was real fun. I My only real association with Carmen was a pirated cassette of the WOW 1996. I remember that because it was my first, like, quote-unquote Christian rock. I wasn't supposed to have it. Really? You know? Wow. So I'm, like, sneaking the Carmen in. And his Mission 316 song was in there. Yeah. And so that's good that's, times. That's good my times. Social. And my dad, if my dad's listening to this, he could give a little con. He met Carmen a couple times because he was a, a manager for a singing group, and the girl in the singing group dated Carmen for a while. Wow. And my dad, who's a trained opera singer, is like, Carmen can't sing, which is true. It's 100% true. Yeah. He can't sing, he and can't he can't act. rap, and he can't act. He can't act. He tried to do a movie. <laughs> It doesn't work. All right. Well, that was uh, not how I anticipated the podcast. But that's the best. Those are the best starts to the podcast, when it goes off the rails right from the very beginning. Yeah. And, but you know what was funny is I was thinking about as we were starting this podcast and about our topic and different things, and I was thinking there was one. I just remembered there was one podcast we did a, you know, a long time ago, and you and I, we started it, and we got like Giggling 10 minutes time? in. No, we got like 10 minutes into the actual conversation. We're just like, this isn't working. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. We quit. We've done that a couple. Uh, not actually that many times. Just what, all I remember is once. Probably should have done it more than that, though. Probably. But that was like we could tell we were just kind of like, we don't know what we're. We don't saying. even know what we're talking about here or yeah. where this is going. Let's just go back to what we were doing. So, are you saying that could be today's podcast? Mm-hmm. We could be recording all of this yes. in vain. We could be. We will see. All right. Well, let's, right, let's dive see. in and find out. 
topic of the day. Is this a good topic or not? You're about to find out. Let's do it. What are so Well, let me give a little context. Yeah. Okay. So the topic is what kind of church is Calvary Bible Church? Mm-hmm. And this came up because I've had people ask that question. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody come in a few weeks ago and she was asking, "What kind of church is Calvary?" denominational, non And this is somebody that has attended for a number of years. <laughs> I've been here 20 years. <laughs> no, not quite that long. <laughs> right, and right. I thought, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, and yeah. it's probably a question that other people haven't really given any thought to. They're like, well, we know what kind of church it is. It's a Bible church. And yep. then people go, well, what kind of church is a Bible church? Right. Isn't every church a Bible church? Yep. And uh, so that prompted a little bit of thought. And, and uh, so that's what we're going to try and do. Yeah, I um I've been asked lots of times like what is a Bible church? And I gave an answer just shooting from the hip, but mm-hmm. just from my observations of things, but I think we'll talk a little bit more a bit, little bit more today, yeah. right? Historically now, about what what's You going didn't on. grow up in a Bible church. You grew up in a Baptist church. Yes. Was it an independent Baptist church? Was yes, it was. No denominational affiliation. No. no. Okay. And I grew up in a Bible church. I went to a school that was heavily associated in the Bible church movement. So I thought what we should do, we'll start with this. We're going to try and give people a little bit of historical context. Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about Calvary's maybe place in that. And then how we would connect to that and not connect to it now. Okay. And how people could, a friend asked them, they're like, Hey, you go to Calvary Bible church. What kind of church is that? We'll give you some phrases to, what kind of church is Calvary Bible Church? Right. Not just what kind of church is a Bible church. Right. Because what, what kind of we're church gonna find is, is Calvary Bible yeah. Church. Okay. The other is kind of hard to nail down. Yeah. So it is notoriously difficult to find a history of a bunch of independent, non-connected churches. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no definitive work out there. It's not a project anybody has undertaken because Bible churches, by their very nature, are independent. Right. There's no governing body. Um, they are born and then they die and some live longer than others and and then they morph and change and all of that. So the one thing that I found is a paper written in 2001 by, hold on a second, and then this is more good podcasting. I'd pull this up. By Karen Lynn Deering at Oachita Baptist University. It's mm-hmm. the paper I found. It's called The History of the Independent Bible Church. And it was helpful. Yeah. And I think that it had some some good uh, history, stuff that would resonate with other things that I know and have learned and experienced over the years. And uh, so we'll kind of use that as a guide. So a lot of the information comes from that paper and a few other sources. So yeah. if anybody knows Karen Lynn Nearing, give her a shout out, put her in touch with us. Maybe we'll have her on the podcast to discuss her paper in the future. Yeah, hey. One she wrote 22 years ago. And on this that you gave me, you've got a few points here that, I think before you go through the history, you're going to do that, right? You'll just kind of sure. give a brief summary. Of yeah, yeah. But what we're saying is that um, the Bible church movement has kind of a, has kind of roots or a history that if you look back, it formed out of, right? And right. then like Calvary would be an offshoot of that. Well, Calvary was formed in 1946. Yeah. Yep. 1946. And so the, I think you can see historically the rise of the Bible church movement is right around that time. So it yes. would have been on the bleeding edge, as they would say, mm-hmm. of that yep. time frame. And this is a very, as well, we'll go through this, but um, an American 
move the the act once it gets to the actual Bible church movement. It's pretty. We're talking about the United States. Yeah. Even though you're going to start back in a little bit further than that. further now and outside of the U.S. Right. Okay. Yeah. So here's where where you'd start. It you, it would start in the Reformation era era, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically, though, the Anabaptists in the Reformation era. Now, I'm not an expert. On any of this, Anne and the Baptists is that a band or a, Anne and a the singing Baptist. group or something? <laughs> it wouldn't have been a band <laughs> if they were the Baptists. Anne and the Baptists, uh, the Anabaptists were Credo Baptists, not Pado Baptists. Right, mm-hmm. coming out of the Re- Reformation, they were not very well liked by people like Calvin. The the more modern conception of the Independent Bible Church movement starts with a response to religious liberalism in Europe first, and then that moving over to America. And religious liberalism did things like it denied uh, literal the inspiration, authority, and inerrancy of Scripture. It denied the miraculous virgin birth. It denied the miracles of the Bible. Um, it was a very uh, like humanistic, scientific understanding and interpretation of the Bible. And so uh, that that is becoming more popular. And that infiltrates a lot of the denominationalism that was present at the time. And specifically, I think a key figure in the beginning of the Independent Bible Church would be John Nelson Darby. Uh, John Nelson Darby would, uh, would developed dispensational premillennialism. He was an, an, a, uh, an Anglican priest that saw some of the liberalism come in. And he left the denomination and thought churches should not be part of these denominations and things like that. And so he started uh, a group of independent churches that became known as Brethren Churches. And they still have descendants today in the U.S. known as Plymouth Brethren. And I believe there's even a Plymouth Brethren Church in Grand Junction. My brother teaches or coaches at a Plymouth Brethren school, interestingly enough. Um from uh, this, Karen Lynn, during her paper on the history of the independent Bible church, she said, Darby's assembly, assemblies were not set up with elders and deacons, but with groups of people apart from the world awaiting Christ's return. They were local gatherings of like-minded Christians where each person was both layman and minister. Each assembly was independent and tied to the other assemblies only by the bonds of doctrinal consensus and fellowship. No formal corporate name was accepted, although brethren was the term most often used when referring to them. So they're very, they eschew the denominationalism, and they are focused and looking, uh, they're living a, a quiet life, looking for the return of Christ. Uh, they don't have a, a priestly clergy class, as the Anglicans did. Now, Darby's dispensational premillennialism took hold in the U.S. through men like Dwight Moody and C.I. Schofield. And Moody especially brought it back to the to the U.S., and he began to establish Moody Bible Institute. And there were several other Bible institutes that, start, that sprung up. This would have been, what, the end of the 1800s into the 1900s? Mm-hmm. Um, and then guys like C.I. Schofield helped to... Um, popularized dispensationalism from mm-hmm. how Darby originally kind of uh, put it forward. And in these Bible institutes that that's being put forward. Um, and again, these Bible institutes are springing up in the U S as a response to the theological liberalism that had infiltrated many of the universities that had been set up to train pastors. So think Princeton, Harvard, Yale, um, 
and this is where you have the whole fundamentalist modernist movement is all a part of this as well. Um, but the, the Bible Institute movement really sprung up to train people in practical Christian ministry. And even, and so I went to a Bible Institute and that was one of the taglines was, uh, I forgot it. Training people for practical ministries. It wasn't quite like that. It was something like that, but it's almost like a technical school for the Bible. Mm-hmm. Be a way to kind of think about some of these Bible institutes, and it, it was just saturate them in the Bible and get them ready for ministry. And I think that the Bible Institute movement was really key in advancing forward the forward the history of the independent uh, Bible Church. Another key institution was Dallas Theological Seminary, um, and that helped again put put uh put forward some of these these ideas that were prevalent in the the bible church a lot of the the students that i think that came out of the bible institute model and schools like dallas theological uh they were key in establishing bible churches so then that's really i think kind of as much as i can tell a broad history of the beginning of the bible church movement do you have thoughts interjections well i think we're going to get to this a little bit but um the that dispensational movement popularized in in our in the united states by schofield and um moody and others Mm -hmm. that's a branch that's a part off of the fundamentalist movement when we say fundamentalists we're talking about those who are fighting against liberalism yes. and the attack of the inerrancy and authority of scripture primarily. And that was a pretty broad coalition theologically. Yeah, because it, originally when that was going on, you had Presbyterians and Baptists and others that were teaming together right. fighting for the Bible. But it began to fracture yes. off like all um, movements, movements yeah. do, and it became its own thing yes. then. So it's a branch of fundamentalism, but took on some of its own... Uh, identity in that. Right. So I think, again, and this is, it's hard to nail down, but if we think about historically Bible churches, they begin to be established probably in the early 1900s in the U.S., uh, and they would probably have some consistent markers across them, and I think that, that these would be some of these distinctives. Independence, one, they're not denominationally affiliated. Uh, there is a fellowship, it's called the Independent Fund. Independent Fundamental Churches of America, of which Calvary used to be a part of. Um, and that's not a denomination. It's just a fellowship of like-minded churches. That mm-hmm. sprung up in the 1920s, I believe. So that would be one marker, independence. Expositional preaching. I Bible churches, as far as I'm aware, are committed largely to expositional preaching. Uh, an orthodox and, and fundamental as opposed to modern and liberal. And that, again, especially in the fundamentalist modernist controversy. Uh, I do. The Bible churches hold to a high view of the scriptures. I mean, it's in the name, so hopefully that's happening. They are Baptistic, right? They practice believers' baptism. They're not uh, infant baptizing, so that distinguishes them from Presbyterians, Methodists, Episcopalians, all those. Typically, Bible churches are elder-led and congregational, distinct from a lot of Baptist churches historically, although I think that's a changing trend now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Baptist churches historically, you had one elder, the pastor, mm-hmm. and then deacons. And the deacons often served as 
elders yeah. in a way, but they just didn't give them that title. Exactly, yep. Is that, was that your church? I've always thought, yeah, that was, and I've always thought that's one of the primary distinctions between an elder church and, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, a, um, a Bible church. Bible church and a Baptist church right. is that polity, yes. that government of the how you view elders or whatever. And there's a lot of distinction within even that in Bible churches like, are elders the same as pastors or are pastors and elders different? And that can vary a little bit, but in the main, they viewed elders as a one thing staff pastors as another. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of nuance in all of these things, but these are what we're trying to say. I think these would largely be shared. And then we are going to get just to remind everybody, like we're going to get to where, okay, but where is Calvary? Yeah. Yeah. But this is setting the stage. I think this helps to set the stage. Another uh, key marker, uh, dispensational theology, premillennialism, uh, pretty consistent in a lot of Bible And that makes churches. sense because that's really the root of, I think so. of what we have here. Well, and, and especially when you think about the fundamentalist group dividing, yeah. one of the dividing things was how do we interpret the scriptures? That's right. And so that's part of that. And then third one, I have, sep- or finally, I have separationist, and there is... Uh, this begins, right, in a separation from religious liberalism, not cooperating with theological liberalism uh, or theological liberals for ministry. It becomes even more culturally separati- separationist, I think, as um, many Bible churches for a period of time, I think, would be marked by cultural fundamentalism. And by that, I mean w- we don't go to the movies. Mm-hmm. We... Don't wear certain clothes, mm-hmm. things like that. Don't yeah. play with cards, things like that. Largely a rejection of contemporary Christian music. Was, yes, was a, like Carmen. Yeah, well, like Carmen, but also in the worship, so like no yeah. drums. Right. And you would have very traditional music yeah. within a Bible, most Bible churches. Yeah. Uh, and pink carpeting and pews. <laughs> that, They're that notorious <laughs> for that. That's just a given. Calvary was example A of yeah, that, right? But it is, if you go in any Bible church, that's they had the same architect and designer, apparently. <laughs> I don't know if that's, yeah, I don't know if that's entirely true in my experience, but that's how it goes. Um, so that those would be some, some I think, key key markers. Um, so as we think about, okay, how is Calvary like that? And maybe not in that same vein, certain ways, Mm -hmm. how would we define what Calvary is? I think we should ask this question first though. We are an independent Bible church and we like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should just talk for a minute why we're independent and, or some, some pluses and minuses of being a part of a denomination. I mean, I would say. I would say we're an independent church with Bible in our name. I don't know if we're a, a Bible church in the sense of we can nail down that's a thing. Right. And we're in it. Right. You know, we're no. in this group of Bible churches. That's why I'm, I'm uncomfortable with like, I would say like we're an independent church. Yeah, I can, I can sign on to that. Um, and we're a church. <laughs> <laughs> and we, our name is Calvary Bible Church. But if if we say that we're a Bible church, which we do sometimes, I know we do. But being clear here, like everybody has to say, what does that what mean? What does that mean? And exactly. and that means okay, if you're a Bible church, so is this one over here. And you can't really do that with anybody no. anymore. You can't do it with Presbyterians. You can't do it with Baptists. You can't right. do it with Lutherans. Right. 
uh, you really have to specify by church, really, what right. what kind of whatever they are. So, but what's the benefit of being independent and not being in a denomination? Well, the benefit and the reason independent movement obviously took off so much is because, well, largely because they saw the deterioration of of uh, denominations. Mm-hmm into liberalism and it became necessary a big key verse would be come out from among them and be separate yep this idea of separationists beginning first of all with like doctrinal separationists Mm -hmm. when there is serious error when it comes to fundamentals like your view of the bible and its inspiration or the view of salvation or the doctrine of god fundamentals of scripture um, then you have to separate. And it seems like in the, you know, with independent church movement, you're supposed to be self-governing under your leadership, under Christ and with the scriptures, right? And by self-governing, you mean we don't have a presbytery above us. There's right. no outside authority. Yeah, there's no bishop that comes in and tells it to do. There's right. no outside um group of people that can tell us what to do. We're not formally connected to the authority of anyone outside of ourselves in the scriptures. Right. And we like that. Yeah. Well, we think it's safe. <laughs> I mean, I'm not anti-denominational. No. If you could live in a wor- hypothetical world where a denomination would stay um, orthodox, right? I think there's there's some help in mm-hmm. denominations there's yep. some safety in that if yep. we all if if we have a historic document that says the, our doctrinal yes. statement and everybody's held to it right and that's helpful because in independent church movement what you see is everybody does what they want to do right. and sometimes it turns out disastrous right. like everybody can just do whatever they right. want to do believe whatever they want to believe and there's no outside accountability. Right. So that's the downside. That's the that's the downside. And two, we're not dealing, you know, we look at other denominational, like right now we're having other denominations and and uh, cooperations like Southern Baptists mm-hmm. having these big conversations about like key things, women yeah. in ministry. Right. And they continue to debate these things. Yep. It keeps coming up. And we can say we don't have to, we're pretty clear on these things. That's right. Stuff like that. Okay, so let's talk about what things we would keep from the Bible church movement, those distinctives, or or more broadly, more helpful for our people, how would we define ourselves? Mm-hmm. What would be, what kind of church is Calvary Bible Church? How are we going to answer that? How are people going to answer that when their friends ask them? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, maybe like the, the phrase that you even have here on this, the high view of Scripture. Yeah. So we hold that historic, fundamental view of Scripture breathed out by God, the doctrine of inspiration, essentially, in everything that flows from that. Yeah. So, um, so when people ask first, hey, what kind of church is Calvary Bible Church? The first thing you would say is it's a Bible-saturated church. They have yeah. a high view of the scriptures. Um, and I think people would see that the moment they walk into our services. Yeah, okay. I think so. I think that they would see that these people have a high view of the scriptures. And out of that comes, because like you had on your list of what historically marked Bible churches, one was expositional preaching. Mm -hmm. Well, that to me is a branch off of that 
Bible saturatedness and that high view of scripture is that we have expositional preaching. So a person will read a passage and then preach and teach directly from that passage, making the points from the passage, teaching the actual word. Right. Uh, So Bible saturated, that's number one answer. The second thing I think phrase or word you could use would be even, excuse me, evangelical. When we talk about evangelical churches, that's a very... Again, that's kind of a loaded term is, yeah. in America, right? We have people are using it in polls. Evangelicals broke this way for this candidate or whatever. Mm-hmm. But basically what we're saying is that we believe in the gospel, mm-hmm. evangel, the evangel, mm-hmm. the good news about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we are that, right? We proclaim a, that, a gospel that we're sinners. Only Jesus can save us by grace alone, through faith alone. Mm-hmm. So we're evangelical, we're gospel-centered, and we're gospel-proclaiming people. Right. What, this makes me ask, what church would not say they're evangelical? I guess the Catholics. Right. Uh, or liberal Protestant or liberal churches. Liberal Protestant, yes. Yeah, you know, true. everybody else would claim that same thing. Right. So Even churches that we would disagree and say, yeah. you're not proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. So that's not as helpful of a term, but it is a term that people would have some parameter, mm-hmm. barometer for. Uh, the third term that I would use would be reformational. And by that, or sorry, what were you going to say? No. By that, I mean we stand in the stream of the Reformation, right? Even if you're going to go back to the history of the Bible church movement, all of it comes out of that period, Mm -hmm. the Reformation period. And so we would hold to, like, the five solas that came out of that, faith alone, Christ alone, grace alone, glory of God alone, Scripture alone. Right. Those are all out of order. But we would hold to those things. Those are are very important. And the doctrines of the Reformation and recovering a high view of the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, the sovereignty of God and the glory of God, those are all things that were recovered in the Reformation. And so we would align ourselves with those things. Like the emphasis on, like you said, scripture and preaching scripture. Yes. Um, systematically, you know. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think that we are. We, we what do we, you know, we might say we're reformed-ish. You know, a lot of people say, "Are you reformed?" I'm. Re- we're reformed-ish. Depends what you. <laughs> what you mean really by that? Mean by that? And um, and so what I don't see, you're about to get to liturgical, which is actually a break off of that reformed mind, right? What do you mean by a break off? Well, in other words, it logically flows from that as well. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So the fourth word, you want me to get to the fourth word? Sure. Liturgical. Yeah. Which you already said. And meaning by that, we have an ordered and structured worship service. Every church has a liturgy, Mm -hmm. but we want ours to do something specifically. And Mm -hmm. it fits within the vein of the historic Protestant stream that is helping the people of God rehearse the gospel. That's right. And you go back again, and the Reformation did recover this. I think the... A, a rightly ordered worship service mm-hmm. where you are rehearsing, and I like how Brian Chapel phrases it, we're rehearsing the progress of the gospel in, in a person's heart. That's what we're doing each week. Yeah. So there's intentionality to that, and not every church, and this doesn't mean that they're bad, I'm not saying that, but not every church thinks about structuring their services in the same way mm-hmm. as as we do. So, so we're liturgical in that sense, very structured but yet that it's it's not a high church liturgy right it's not you know lutheranism mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. it's a a free church historic protestant 
liturgy. Yeah. So those be four words, Bible-saturated, evangelical, reformational, liturgical. Yeah. Any and I think thoughts? if a person walks into a Sunday morning service here coming from another Bible church, I think I think our liturgical structure would be noticeably different. Probably. Than what most are doing. And um, that, I think, just reflects our desire to stay connected to our past and mm-hmm. really seeing the benefit of liturgy right. that, you know, the early reform guys saw yep. bringing out of coming out of Roman Catholicism right. there. Not everything we talked about this earlier when we weren't recording, not everything that came out of, not everything that was in Roman Catholicism was bad. Mm-hmm. And this, I, this understanding in worship that we don't just, we shouldn't just be doing whatever we want to do because that's what works or what's popular or what people want. We should be ordering our service in a way that reflects what God would want us to do using the, to the particular things that he shows us in the Bible that this is how I want to be worshiped by my people. Yeah. It is in simplicity, but yet all things are to be done decently in order. Right. Said Paul. Right. Yeah. So I hope that is helpful for people. Yeah. And, and again, like it, it, every church, like if you're listening to this and mm-hmm. you're researching our church, right? Every church you should research in a way to find out, like, what is it they believe? What do they think? You know, just because they have X, Y, or Z in their name doesn't mean that they, that it is what you think it is. Mm-hmm. And so this is our attempt to try and say, hey, these would be some things that you could say, this is the kind of church Calvary is, to put us into a specific stream in a sense, because that mm-hmm. is the one of the dangers of an independent church. You know, we don't have this long historical connection, denominational affiliation. We just kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. We evolved. Not really. That's a joke. That's supposed to be a um, But by by using these terms, Bible-saturated, evangelical, reformational, and liturgical, we're placing ourselves in kind of a historical and uh, stream for people to know what we believe. That's right. Good. Well, we thank you for listening to the podcast today, and we pray that this conversation has served well the people at Calvary Bible Church here in Grand Junction. And whether you're a part of our church or not, we're praying that you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you've enjoyed the podcast, consider giving us a review and a rating, sharing it with your friends. We always love to hear from our listeners. So if you're a part of our church, it's very simple how you can do that. You can come up and talk with us. You can send us a text give us a call, or you can send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. Email us uh, questions, topics you want us to tackle, feedback, any of those things. You can also follow us on the social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter, or now known as X. We are at thecalvarycast. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time.